Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. There's our Jurassic World Dominion trailer. That's all I want to talk about. Well, there's a few other things like casting news for upcoming Spider-Man projects, Zack Snyder's next sci-fi epic, and the future of Scream. But before all of that, trailer talk. And yes, we will start by talking about Jurassic World Dominion. Thank the you. new trailer brings back Laura Dern as Dr. Ellie Sattler and Sam Neill as Alan Grant for more dinosaur mayhem. And of course, Jeff Goldblum, Dr. Ian Malcolm, the new people from Jurassic World, Chris the new Pratt. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard. I was going to say Jessica Chastain. I always get those two mixed up, but it's definitely Howard, isn't it? Definitely is. Yes. Go for it. This is this is the trailer you've got this to talk me. about. Look, in summary, after watching this trailer, got to the end of it, and my first thought was just like, this looks ridiculous. This looks terrible over the top, but I gotta say, I'm so bloody pumped and excited. I cannot wait for this movie. Um, I just hope that the parts of it that I thought looked ridiculous are just fun. Um, look, I, I couldn't help but feel like my heart almost skipped a couple beats, you know, seeing Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler back, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and then, you know, throw in a bit more Goldblum as well. And not only that, like seeing the three of them on on screen together, just them three was enough to be like, well, here we go. Like they're they're not holding back in this trailer. Like they are showing us their cast. They're showing them together. They're returning OG cast members, um, and we're even getting you know, there's that almost like an Avengers type shot of the old the park cast and the world cast together. Um, I, it's it looks exciting. This movie, like the trailer, seems to be promising what was eventually set up at the end of that terrible, terrible Fallen Kingdom movie. Um, dinosaurs are out in the real world. There's obviously other things going on. Um, it seems like there are other companies that are potentially making new dinosaurs because we're introduced to some we've never seen before. They seem to be all over the place, all over the world, from areas of snow and some place in Europe where we get like dinosaurs jumping over buildings and stuff. It looks like a bloody James Bond film. It's like it's like Jurassic Parkour. There's so I think like there, there seems to be a lot more sort of happening in terms of scope and 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 what's what's happening. It's not just going to be hey dinosaurs are out in the world and we're running from them. How the characters of you know. Grant Sattler and Malcolm all play and uh, fit into it. I don't know what it is exactly, but it seems to be quite extensive. Um, this talk of like ecological disaster type things, and and it's like okay, how? It, so maybe the movie is going to be going into how these dinosaurs going to be actually affecting the ecosystem and the world, the planet, not just can these two, you know, can humans and dinosaurs live like side by side it seems to be like okay they're actually maybe i'm looking too too far into it like but maybe they're actually going to take an intelligent approach to this maybe not but i don't know 
Maybe what do you they think? will. What do you think? What do you think? But I'm fine with them doing that as long as they still have all the big silly dinosaur scenes. <laughs> this this looks like a lot of fun. You know, I recently showed the first Jurassic Park film to my kids. My youngest liked it. My eldest didn't. I'm like, what did you like about it? She didn't like the gore. She didn't like the bad language, which is a thing with her at the moment. Okay, cute. <laughs> and she didn't like the dinosaurs. And I'm like, oh, right, this clearly was the wrong movie for you then. <laughs> uh, yeah, but my, Kids my these days. <laughs> my youngest, my youngest liked it. And when this was advertised on TV, this new one, and my youngest, like, who are the new people? Like talking about Chris Pratt, <laughs> like she just knew the right, older ones. Okay, yeah. Oh, so good seeing seeing them back. And we did get Jeff Goldblum back in that last movie, Fallen Kingdom. But they had him looking a bit older, a bit greyer. In this, it looks like Dr. Malcolm again. You know, the guy from the first movie in The Lost World. Well, it's like you, you see him, there's a bit, you know, when he's giving his speech, he's talking about like, you know, our humans and we do not have dominion over and I was like, oh, name of the movie. Um, do not have dominion over like these dinosaurs, blah, 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 blah. And he, he looks like he did in Fallen Kingdom with the beard, um, you know, all of that. But then you get to the end of that trailer and it's like his shirt's a little bit open, he's clean yes. shaven, his hair's like, you know, kind of flapping in the wind. Like, I'm like, hang on. <laughs> where did where did that come from? So I don't know what I'm here for. That's what I want. I'm all for it. <laughs> it looks, it looks fun. It looks like a big action film with dinosaurs. The dinosaurs, though, like I mean, Dilophosaurus is back, and it looks like we're getting a, the full size adult version of the Dilophosaurus. Something a dinosaur we haven't seen since that. Not properly, we haven't seen since that first film. Um, one of my favorites, just because it's so freaky looking. <laughs> I'm very excited about, about Blue. Blue has a baby. Can blue. I, I, question, I'm, I've got questions about where that baby came from. You know, I get it. Life finds a way. But hey, there's blue, your answer. Blue was the only <laughs> Velociraptor that they took. So is it like they've someone else has created other Velociraptors and have somehow they, they've obviously been paired with Blue, or is this baby a, a direct clone and when i say a, a clone, i mean like an actual clone of blue and there's something else that's going on i the interesting the, the bit of dialogue where it's sort of like you know chris pratt's pratt's character owen's talking to claire and she's and he's saying you know like um you know if they if they find her they'll take her away from us and we'll never see her again and you know the trailer kind of makes it seem like they're talking about blue i'm thinking they're talking about that little clone girl yeah, there you I think go. that's a bit of uh, a bit of misdirection in the in the trailer, but um, but if it was, you did not fall for it. Well, I didn't fall for it the the first two times I watched the trailer, but I watched it again today, <laughs> and um, yeah, I was watching it with the wife. Uh, she was just watching it for the second time because she's not a nut like me. But then as it as yeah yeah as he started talking, I just like I almost lost my shit. I was like, hang on a second, like <laughs> I'm onto you, trailer. I know what that's. I was like, they're not talking about blue at all. So look, like I said, there's a few things going on in here. I'm hoping, really, truly hoping that they can redeem themselves following that second Jurassic World movie. It, it looks, looks like so they're about to. Yeah, it looks like 
a big fun movie. I've yeah, got to say, um, all the, pretty I'm much all the stuff with Owen and Claire, like Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas, like those scenes, I was just like, they were the ones that I was like, this looks like a stupid, like just over the top action type film. But then everything else in the trailer was like, this feels like we're catching up with Jurassic Park and all the wonder and glory of, of that. So, well, it's worlds colliding, isn't it? Old yeah. with the new. And tonally and scale looks very different to Fallen Kingdom. That and the way that they were selling that in the trailers as well, it looked more like a horror film. Whereas this, it's outdoors, it's big. So it looks more like a Jurassic Park film. Just hopefully in the in the best way possible. But that's I guess that's all I've got to say on it. So we're free to move on. I think I think no, I've before got we do though, oh, you've got more, you've got more. Because I was ready to move on, but yeah, I have got more. I'm hoping, right, because they are saying that this particular chapter, saga, whatever they're calling it, what yes. started with Jurassic Park is coming to an end with this movie, Dominion. They're clearly not going to stop making these movies. I am hoping after this film, they go back to using Jurassic Park. I missed that as a title. In, in this trailer, obviously, they're marketing it as the epic conclusion to what do they say exactly like the Jurassic something? I don't know what exactly they're saying. That Jurassic it's, saga, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, cool. That works in terms of like getting butts in seats, being like, this is the last one. This is almost like the, the Jurassic Endgame type film, which it very, I'm hoping it very much feels like that. And hopefully they close the chapter to, I guess, these characters essentially, possibly this main storyline of, of thing. But I'm sure they would do more after, but I think they, they, they their intention is very much to kind of put a cap on on the current story that's going on. But look, it, it's weird because it's like the the world brand has kind of become like the brand now. So I guess to go back to Park would maybe kind of undo their their branding at the moment. But who's to say they can't evolve into something else like Jurassic Universe or something. I don't know. It's an interesting idea. Discussion. Point. Well, let's move on. Let's actually move on, though, because a new trailer did drop, and I asked you before we started recording, should we still do Jurassic World first? And you were like, yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, because the... <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to explode. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's and that's fine. You clearly had a lot to say, but the the next trailer that we're going to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This new trailer features a voice that certainly sounds a lot like Patrick Stewart's Professor X. I mean, there's no doubt, is there? That's clearly what's happening here. I, I think so. Look, I'm going to be I'm dancing around how to address this because I don't want to be that guy again that I admit I, you know, had a certain stance when it came to Spider-Man No Way Home and I was very clearly wrong. And I want to say here that, look, it might not be Patrick Stewart, but it might be a British bold man in a wheelchair <laughs> by the name of Professor oh, X. No, it no. might not be played by Professor but Patrick Stewart. But again, I, 
I don't want he to take that stance because he, I, I just can't handle being wrong again. <laughs> so. What a massive Mr. Hoax. Like, so many people are excited about this. And Marvel knew that they would be. So if they have it be not Patrick Stewart, but it, it's just interesting. I mean, we knew Multiverse of Madness on the back of No Way Home. We're going to be getting a lot in this movie. Like, yes, it's Doctor Strange too, but it's much more than that looking at the tv show loki we got introduced to variants so more than likely what we're going to get in this movie is a variant of professor x played by patrick stewart the mcu are still going to introduce their own x-men and at that point they're going to cast again just like they did with james mcavoy for first class but there's going to be a version, a variant of Patrick Stewart, or, well, <laughs> it pretty much is Professor X. There's going to be a variant of Professor X. And, yeah, Patrick Stewart is going to be in this film. But we're also more than likely going to get another actor playing the part when he's cast, when they do X-Men, when they get there. But what's really interesting is that what we seem to be getting is the Illuminati. And those characters in Marvel, you've got Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. You've got Namor, the Submariner. You've got, oh, I'm trying to remember now, Xavier is on there. Black Bolt from Inhumans is on there. But MCU are going to do their own spin. So potentially, the Illuminati could be made up of variants. They could even find a way to have Chris Evans as Old Man Cap. Would they dare to bring Anson Mount back from that failed Inhumans <laughs> TV show? Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, is he going to be a member of the Illuminati? I mean, just having Patrick Stewart's voice, the back of his bald head, because I'm confident it's him. It's just the possibilities that it could lead to i mean there was speculation that on the back of the success of no way home they went back and did extensive additional filming for this film and people were speculating that because of how successful no way home was and how much audiences enjoyed bringing actors back reprising their roles maybe we could be seeing nick cage as ghost rider again I don't think we get Ben Affleck as Daredevil, but maybe they're going to look at their back catalogue. Where's the Snipes back as Blade? Maybe that'll be too confusing with the Mashallah Ali film coming out. There's just so many, look, so Marvel's, many possibilities. I was just clearly doing whatever the hell they want uh, to appease these particular fans that <laughs> enjoy all this stuff. Look, again, my same fears are exactly the same as when we were going into No Way Home. Like, will they treat it as gimmicks or will they do something with it? Will it just be fun? Will it be universe-shattering, confusing madness? And I guess maybe yes, because that's, you know, it's almost in the title. Um, but look, there's, there's a few other things going on in this trailer. Look, overall, this trailer is really actually very impressive. I really enjoyed it it got me quite excited and not just because the potential professor x thing or all the stuff you're talking about the illuminati there's just 
things happening. There's a lot more Wanda Maximoff um, in this trailer, and I'm, I'm kind of getting the hint again that it's like, oh, maybe is she being set up as as a villain in this film? Like that first teaser we had um, for this movie, it was sort of like she was there, but she seemed pretty in check. Now she seems like a bit of a loose cannon. Rachel McAdams is back. She pops up in like one snippet. Um, you know, we've got, what's that? Uh, Edgier four guy. Can't remember his first name. If you can chime in. He's back uh, as his character. Chewie four, I think. Yeah. Maybe I'm butchering it, but Chewetel, yes, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the villain from Doctor Strange. You know, that, that first. Not the villain, but he was set up as the villain. Yeah, anyway. So, you know, like, it, it, yeah, it's interesting. It just seems like, oh, wow, this is a pretty, looks like a pretty tense time for, for Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the uh, the whole Xavier thing did distract a lot, but there's <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Clearly. there's a lot of good things happening here. I mean, she makes a good point. Like you know, she does something. Like Wanda says that she does something, and she's just viewed as a villain. He does something. He's made a mistake. Yeah, like so that was that was still. interesting. Yes, but who's to say that we're only getting one version of Wanda anyway? We're getting I mean, different there was you know, versions. There you go. We're getting different versions of Doctor Strange. Have you seen the TV spot? I, uh, I suppose not. I suppose not. I the just TV, saw the... Okay, the TV spot has some additional footage. There's a different version of Doctor Strange where he's got more grey in his hair and he's wearing a different outfit. And there's also one where he looks zombified. Oh, and wow, I did wow. see... And I saw a screenshot in its Doctor Strange being stretched across the image. And if you look on the left-hand side of the image, it's animated going into live action. Oh, what the hell? Oh, it's, this film is going to be bonkers. It's going to be really madness. Is. It is going to be madness. I mean, it could end up in Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, for it could end hell. up in the... <laughs> You know, they're bringing back the X-Men 97, the animated series on Disney+. Plus. Who knows? It could, or it could just be like new animation for the film, but it definitely looks like he's part animation in the, in the screenshot. It'll be, it'll be like a what-if uh, connection, you know, that show. Yeah, or, but that was, that's probably more obvious. But yeah, I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Oh, and do you know what? Sam Raimi is directing this. I'm I'm excited for that. He's not. I think the last film he directed. Oh, what what was it? It was um, that James Franco movie, Oz the Great and Powerful. I'm pretty sure that was the last movie Sam Raimi directed, oh. and that was a good few years ago. That was a fun, cute movie. Um, yeah, not the best, but it was pretty fun. Look, I'm glad to. This seems the the trailer hinted at enough sort of horror elements that I think the Sam Raimi of it all can really embrace that. And then, you know, I'd hate to see a neutered Sam Raimi. I mean, even, even when he was doing the Spider-Man films, you know, he still snuck in those, those sort of Raimiisms and just horror elements, even when they kind of weren't necessary, but it really worked. It was, you know, it was fun. But here, I think he can really, really let that shine. Lots of crazy shit going on, camera angles and whatnot. Yeah, really, really looking forward to this one. I mean, that first trailer looked good. 
And I like Doctor Strange as a character and more Wonder Maximoff. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, so the next trailer we want to talk about the Adam Project. In the first trailer, Ryan Reynolds plays Adam Reed, a time traveling pilot who meets his younger self. I'm here for this. Ryan Reynolds, time travel. He's got a glowing stick. It looks fun. This <laughs> just looks fun. And, you know, he's, he's meeting his younger self. They, His younger self quickly realises that it's him from the future. There's a, there's a charm to it. it. It feels like a film from yesteryear. It, um, Yeah, it looks fun. And I like the selling point. Like, this film, it's from the star, the producers, and director of Free Guy. You know, you know what? I like I like Free Guy. You can't. You just can't <laughs> fight that that uh no it's like oh wow that's that sound that sounds great and then you know i, I watched the trailer tonight with my wife and then got to the end of the trailer and she's like that looks really good i'm like yeah it does it looks like you know a really good netflix movie at home but like it looks more than like your standard netflix film do you know what i mean though it's like oh that looks really good and like a month away and we get to watch to, it at home like, a little part of my brain like stopped working for a second there and i was like i just i was gonna ask i was like this is that netflix one right because in my yeah, memory yeah, i'm like is, yeah i'm like the trailer the movie looks so good and looks so fun and well made and seems big enough that it's like is this going to theaters or is this something like surely it's not netflix but of course it is it is netflix and it's not that far away as well you know Netflix, you know the Netflix movie track record. It's like exactly maybe two in eight, two. They're probably getting a little bit better, but like two out of ten films are pretty decent. <laughs> the rest are not. Um, hopefully, yeah, see, this it, is honestly that, this is one of those two. <laughs> yeah, but just such a pleasant surprise. Like, and Netflix are like, hey, here's the trailer. Look at this. We have got Ryan Reynolds. It's a fun concept. The director of Free Guy. And, you know, he's done other things as well. Nights at the Museum. <laughs> he's done he's yeah. other stuff. And four weeks, just watch it at home. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really liking, liking the look of this film. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds, he's doing Ryan Reynolds again, but that's okay. He does it well. Now, there's one more trailer to talk about, and I must apologise. It was going to be two, but I realised... As we hit record, I've not actually watched the trailer for Firestarter. So it's up to you. We can still talk about it, but you'd have to talk about it, or we could just move on to Nope, the new Jordan Peele movie. I'll address Firestarter very quickly. It's um, it's it's like if you were to cross X-Men with a Stephen King film. Right. <laughs> and Zach Efron is in there. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Zach Efron, it's, it's still kind of weird seeing him doing things that uh look because he you know he's having that like comedy kind of comedy streak um but yeah. you know he's he's proven himself to do some dramatic roles and obviously he's, he's doing that here um he's playing the father of this girl with his like with his pyrokinetic powers um you know it's got like it's got like carry vibes um and again like mixed with very x-men-y type this almost could be by the. I mean, once you watch the trailer, you'll get what I mean. But like by the end of it, it's almost like, oh yeah, Patrick Stewart could we, we you know, just wheel up and be like, "Hey, 
I can help you. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah, and it feels it almost feels like one of those early X-Men films as well, where it was very much like almost played like the mutations were horror elements. But anyway, I'd I'd say check the trailer out. It looks it looks pretty good. And Blumhouse, I'm for I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Did you see the one they made back? I think would it be in the 80s? The one that had Drew Barrymore as the little girl. Have you ever seen that one? Was was that Firestarter, was it? Yeah, so this is the second time they made it into a film. No, I, I I have not. And the the poster is identical. Only oh, different okay. actress, obviously. I think it's like mid-80s, maybe 84, when the first one came out. They're doing an interesting thing. Now, this is in the US because we don't have Peacock here in Australia. But it's getting released in cinemas the same day that it's available streaming on Peacock. Like, did they not learn from what Warner Brothers did last year? I guess not. But look, Peacock's in a different position. They obviously do not have as many subscribers at this current time. They're probably, dare I say, a little bit maybe desperate for for, for something big. You get a big bump. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the film that's going to do that for them. I'm pretty sure Halloween Kills was released the same way as well, also mm. Blumhouse. Yeah, and I think we addressed it in the same way as well, sort of like... Yeah, like they needed they needed a sacrificial lamb, and I guess that didn't. Okay, well so we're to try again. We're just repeating ourselves at this point, so let's oh. move on and <laughs> and talk about the movie. Nope, Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Stephen Young star in the first trailer for Jordan Peele's Nope, and I knew absolutely nothing. Only the cast. And then it was written and directed by Jordan Peele. And the trailer begins to unfold. Okay, this seems a bit ordinary. Oh, this, yeah, okay. This, yeah, that's. And then all of a sudden, all these things are happening. We've got flying saucers. It, yeah, I'm here for it. Like, I really wasn't expecting the alien element of this. No, um, not at all. But look, following, you know, Get Out, Us. Did he do another one after that one? No, this? no, this is the third. This is the third one. Okay, cool. Um, but I mean, it still stands like uh, just exactly what you said. I knew nothing, but knowing it was Jordan Peele's, you know, Jordan Peele's thing, Daniel Kaluuya, like it's, it's, I was, I would have watched this movie without knowing anything more or watching anything, anything else. But this trailer, like, genuinely, like, there's very few times that even a trailer can make me kind of uncomfortable and go, oh, I, I feel, oh, I'm feeling the, I'm feeling the, a little bit of fear right now. That was this trailer. I got to the end of it and I was just like, I feel uncomfortable. I feel, oh, like, yeah, like there's a, there's just such a craft in, in what Jordan Peele does and it really translated into this um, in this trailer well. So hopefully the movie delivered and I'm sure it will. Like I just have that much confidence. Oh, I'm, yeah. This, this is a freaky I'm sure trailer. As well. Yeah. It's, it's a trailer that it's a really good trailer. There's, there's things happening, but at the same time, you get to the end, you still don't know what it is. So I'm I'm done with the marketing now. No more trailers, no yeah. nothing. And I'm just going to watch the film. Same. And I'm really, yeah. Another one I'm looking forward to. So we've got some, some good films that we've talked about. And yeah, all of them have got, obviously I've not seen Firestarter yet. But yeah, there's things to like about all of them, but nope. Yeah, I mean, it's Jordan Peele. 
I mean, it's to be expected at this point, isn't it? That he's going to put something interesting together. Yeah. And I do like at the end of the, tra- like, as we get to the end of the trailer, it's like, um, maybe Kiki Palmer, I think it's Kiki Palmer, he says it, you know, she's witnessing things all going on. And then she just sort of looks at it and goes, Nope. <laughs> like, like um, oh, I think she's it. like going like nah 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 or something like yeah. that. And you're like, oh, I, I say nope. <laughs> halfway through the trailer, I think she's doing like nah 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 nah. I'm like, no, no, no. And then at the end, she she, she delivers it as nope. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it it looks fun, mysterious. We don't know what it is. And that's what a trailer should do. It shouldn't show you what happens in the movie in a two-hour like a two-hour in a two two-minute edit. It should tease intrigue, and that's everything that I got from from this trailer. Okay, so that's it for trailer talk, and now on to movie news. Okay, and I guess in a way it's uh, kind of another trailer, so (laughs) bear with us. Um, But DC Heroes, we've got new footage, which gives us our first look at Hawkman, Cyclone, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and more. Um, we've even got Pierce Brosnan as Kent Nelson, Dr. Fates, uh, Quintessa Swindle as Cyclone, Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, and Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher. And the, there's more. I mean, that's focusing on the Justice Society of America that we are going to get in the Black Adam movie. You're right. Kind of a trailer, but not really. It's footage, so I Purposely it's like a didn't include it's like a sizzle reel. Purposely didn't include it in trailer talk, but we get to see the Flash in his new costume. I've got to be honest, whether it's in live action or in comics, I don't like it when they put yellow lines on his costume. They've done it. It is an improvement on what we've got previously for Ezra Miller's Flash costume. Hundred percent, big improvement. But again, the yellow lines. Just having it be pure red is my preference. But he's got the little goggles that come down. That's pretty cool when he's running. We get to see some fun stuff here. I mean, it's primarily Black Adam. It's footage we've seen already of Robert Pattinson as the Batman. But it's just such a good sizzle reel for DC. We get a new look at Aquaman. So four films DC have got coming out this year. I mean, it's this little this little real like it's. I gotta say, you know, like my enthusiasm for you know, especially where like the DC universe was sort of heading. I was like, oh, okay, cool. They they've really got to like, win me over, kind of thing. But I don't know. Watching this real, I was just like, man, this kind of got me pretty excited for all the things to come, including Aquaman. You know how I felt about that first one, but. Like the flash, I'm like, I don't know. Looks good. Like it looks looks exciting, looks pretty epic. Aquaman's doing his thing, just being cool, standing there being cool. The Batman obviously looks great, so excited. Um, and all this new stuff from from Black Adam, like the rock, it looks and that's it. It's great. it's main it's mainly Black Adam, and he it looks good in the costume. We get a first proper look. Yeah, it's it's looking good. And, you know, outside of this sizzle reel, I saw like a behind the scenes pick from the set of Batgirl and it's Michael Keaton in the Batsuit. I mean, come on. What a time to be a DC fan. Like they're doing so much 
at the moment. Film, TV, and yeah, this, this is a real. I'm glad that that it's working for you because I mean, yeah, I'm here for it anyway. Uh, but DC, you know, they don't always put out the best things, but it looks like we've got a lot of good DC content coming. Hey, look, even if even if half of of, of what is it? Is three movies or four? It's four movies. Even if half of the movies this year are good, <laughs> that's still two good movies, and that that's all I need. So hopefully it's three. Hopefully it's four. Four hits. Hopefully, hopefully it's four. But anyway, that's um, that's enough DC for now because I want to talk about Marvel, Madam Web. That's who I want to talk about. Dakota Johnson is in talks to star in Spider-Man spin-off movie, Madame Web. She would play the first female superhero in the Sony universe of Marvel characters. This is a character that I have disliked with a passion ever since Spider-Man, the animated series in the 90s. <laughs> hate this character. I mean... I'm guessing they're going for a younger version because she's typically an older lady. In the comics, Jessica, I think it was Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, she took on the mantle of Madam Web. And for a time you had a, oh no, Julia Carpenter. It was the Spider-Woman that used to be in the Iron Man cartoon in the 90s. If you used to see that. Or if you've seen that, should I say? No. I, I, I don't know what this is going to be. Is this going to be an old lady in a floating chair played by Dakota Johnson? I doubt it, because why would you cast somebody so young? You talk. What, what, what do you it's, think? No, it's weird. I mean, look, this project is something that they've been talking about since, you know, Andrew Garfield was still the main, um, you know, the main Spider-Man on screen. Um and obviously, like it resurfaced, you know, when you know Venom was coming out, and they're talking about Morbius and you know, Craven and all that kind of stuff. And this has been one on the back burner there. Um, again, it's 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 not a character that I would have thought, hey, let's make a movie about her. Um, I feel like they would, much like obviously they're going with someone younger. I feel like they would be taking a lot of liberties in terms of maybe the the character in general or what the character you know, her influence on. I guess the other characters in this in this universe, and I feel like she is very much that kind of in the comics or you know in the cartoon. I'm more familiar with her from like the '94 Spider-Man animated series, um, where it's like all she kind of did was just sort of do things for, you know, like Spider-Man was interacting with her, it was sort of bouncing off of him and influencing things that he was, you know, all happening to him and stuff. I don't know. They could use the character as a way of maybe because like again there's a big question about sort of okay what's happening with this sony verse and you know following the events of spider-man no way home like where are all these characters where do they sit in the bigger grander picture maybe madam web is a is a tool in a way of you know maybe some universe bending bit of back and forth sending characters to certain places or vice versa and maybe that's all they're going to use it for or maybe they're going to actually do something i don't know i don't know but look i don't mind dakota johnson um, i know people probably just think you know the 
Fifty Shades of Grey movies, but you know, I've seen her in a few other things, and she can be quite delightful. Nothing overly amazing that I've seen of her, but you know, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the role that will make me go, "Wow, she's amazing." I've got no problems with the actress. It's the character. It is the character, and it's it's a weird character, isn't it? It's it, just... re- it really is. Do you know, in fact, do you know what? Do you know what my biggest issue with? I recently reviewed the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films for Sounds Like Comics, and I talked about it on there, you know, just how, I mean, the whole thing with Peter Parker, it's just chance, and they changed it up with the Andrew Garfield films, and they had it be the spider would only work on Richard Parker, but would also work on his son Peter. So it wasn't, like, completely random, like it had to be Peter. And they introduced all this other stuff. and. In that 94 cartoon, in the comics, you've got that with Madam Web as well. Like Spider-Man isn't just this one-off character where he randomly got bitten. He's part of this larger web that spans throughout the universe, and that bothers me. I mean, that in, a way, me. in a way, that's now established as well in these live-action films. All I mean, it is. It is. Like- they've, they've gone bigger, but... I mean, look, like we've reviewed No Way Home and spoiler warnings and all of that, but that movie ends with him essentially web-swinging to be the friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man, hopefully moving away from all this cosmic stuff, but that is Marvel Studios' Sony, whereas this is different. So we still don't know what this all means, the Mm. Sony universe of Marvel characters. We've got two Venom films. We're waiting on the delayed Morbius movie. Oh, who, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what I, I really, I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know what they're doing. I, I mean, I mean, on that, all we can really do is just talk about another Sony Marvel movie, which is uh Craven the Hunter. <laughs> oh, I, oh, oh Sony Marvel <laughs> Spider-Man movie, I guess. Um, look, Russell Crowe, he's set to star along Aaron Taylor Johnson in, Craven the Hunter. Um, while his role is undisclosed, rumors say many of the main cast members will be part of Craven's family. So the rumor mill is always fun. Russell Crowe is a he's a he's a big name to get. He is, and Aaron Taylor Johnson is two actors that I like. Taylor Johnson was cast first, and people were like, "Okay, great, so he's going to be Craven the Hunter." The speculation now that Russell Crowe is actually going to be Craven the Hunter, but one of his grown-up children takes over his mantle. Sure, that works. That's fine. That could be, and that's happened in the comics before. You know, his, his family grow up and they want to take over. But, yeah, I mean, he's got a good cast, a Spider-Man connection. But, I, I, again, without seeing Morbius and not having the best time with those Venom movies, (laughs) finding it hard to get excited about what Sony is doing here. But I'm confident that we are going to get a Spider-Man in Morbius. I really am. And then I think the picture will be clearer as well. But until then, who knows what they are doing? I mean, at one point, they were going to do a Silver Sable film, at one point, they were going to do a Black Cat film. And was then at that the one same, point... Was that the same film? 
No, they were individual films. And then they decided to combine them. And it was like black and silver or something like that. And then that got put on the back burner. But you're right, as you said before, a lot of these films, they've been talking about them since Andrew Garfield was first Spider-Man. So, look, I think we will we will have a clearer picture when we get Morbius um, and hey, look, even uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Who who's to say? I don't think it? that movie's going to make things clearer. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> we're going to get that's a fair statement. I'm just saying, I mean, there could be there could be again more Spider Man connections in that. I mean, it is a direct backlash off that of spider-man no way home so yeah it Spider-Man's is at least I mean, mentioned. maybe it's going to influence in some way who knows nicholas hammond was very vocal about wanting a cameo in maybe. no way home it never Mod- happened modius about us that's a place to do it that's it <laughs> maybe Absolutely. he's on the council nicholas hammond spider-man is on the council oh wow not tom mcguire it's nicholas hammond so many people would not get what is happening though. <laughs> they wouldn't, younger audiences would not realize that hey, it's Spider Man from that 70s TV series. If you see in a Spider Man suit, they'll just be like, oh, it's it's like an old version, old man version of Spider Man. Oh, well, that's enough to follow the plot. <laughs> that's, that's all they need. That's enough. That's enough. They'd have to bring back that awesome soundtrack, <laughs> they'd have to bring the music back. Oh, speaking of music, actually, nice. Michael Giacchino <laughs> will compose the score for Lightyear. And we did get a new trailer for Lightyear, but I felt, you know, we're already a bit top-heavy with trailers already. But, you know, just like that teaser, movie's looking good. But as well as getting a composer, Taika Wahiti has joined the cast as a space recruit. I mean, this movie, for me, just keeps sounding better and better. Yeah, I mean, those are two great things. Uh, Taika Wahiti, like, yeah, put him in anything. I'll be like, yep. Sweet. Uh, Mahu Giacchino, probably my favourite musical composer of the films. He's up there for me as well. He's definitely up there. Um, But look, he's not a newcomer to Pixar. He's done plenty with them. So obviously if this was just a Star Star Wars movie, what? If this was a Toy Story movie, you know, it would be um, Randy Newman, of course. But I think they can get away with moving away from Randy Newman because it's not a Toy Story movie. It's a light year movie. Exactly. Giacchino, I'm thinking like what he's done with Star Trek. I mean, he's done heaps of things, but I'm thinking something space orientated that's not Star Wars. Like Star Trek, you know, he he can definitely do it. He can definitely do something um, incredible. So I'm looking forward. And look, I know you didn't want to go into the trailer, but the trailer looks good. We've got the first, we hear Chris Evans as Buzz for the uh, the first time, and surprisingly, it works. It, it's very mm. very weird. There's a robotic cat type thing, which is sort of like a personal assistant type uh, device, like an uh, AI kind of thing. Cute. Um, looks pretty cool. We see first look at Emperor Zerg, I believe. I think, I think that's what I saw. It is pretty comparison, cool. yeah. Comparisons have been made. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it looks like the film's interpretation of who that is going to be. I'm just hoping that at the moment we're still being told that this is a theatrical release. I am hoping we get to see this on the big screen because we've not had Pixar on the big screen since onward. Something is it has been, yeah, it's been, it's a- been a while. Turn, turning red 
which was going to be theatrical, got changed at the last minute to be Disney Plus exclusive. I'm just hoping they do not do that with Lightyear because I've said, after what happened with Encanto, I enjoyed that film, I did. Encanto, even. I enjoyed that film, but then like a week later, they put it on Disney Plus after I paid to watch it at the movies. And I was like, you know what? I... I'm not doing that again. I am not watching a Disney cartoon on the big screen because they're going to do that, except for this film. I don't care. They're they're alienating their audience, like yourself. If I watch, if I was Lightyear at the cinema and then Disney Plus put it available to watch it on the streaming service that very night, I would not care. This looks like a movie to watch on the big screen. I'm hoping that's where I get to see it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And look, they, they, I don't know what they're doing with Pixar. It's it's almost like it's it's like oh, Pixar gets the seconds, you know. It's just like oh, straight to straight to Disney Plus, straight to Disney Plus, and it's just like look. At the end of the day, it's like it's their product. They can put it where they want, fine. But look, the the talent, the creatives, the the artists and stuff, they're gonna like they're not really they're not gonna appreciate this continued sort of you know second class sort of treatment they're going to start moving on to other studios and things they're going to jump over you know sony animation or universal animation whatever they're called and and stuff like that like that and that's gonna that's gonna leave pixar in a bit of a lurch when you know yeah could have the best team yeah i was just thinking thinking then where did the last sony animation movie go amazon prime hotel transylvania so hopefully these animated movies can get put back on the big screen mm. and not just for a limited time. Yeah. So it's, it's where they, that's where they should be. But look, Lightyear looks big. And look, at the end of the day, it's essentially, even though I literally just said it wasn't a Toy Story movie, it is. It's Buzz Lightyear. Like, it's, I mean, of course. It's Toy anybody, Story property. Put it on the big yeah, screen. Anybody before. that knows Toy Story is going to think Toy Story when the sea was like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, like, didn't, did so did Toy Story 4 not make a billion dollars? Oh, that movie was huge, but that was, you know, pre-pandemic. Things have changed oh. a lot, but hopefully we're oh. turning a corner <laughs> for many, many reasons. Do we want to but... look at how many how many dollars, how many billions of dollars Spider-Man Nowhere Home has made? <laughs> I mean, yeah, good point. It is, good point. It's not debatable, like... Of course, not everyone's going to be. Not every movie is going to make that that kind of money. But like, it, the fact is, it's possible. So we can't. Use I mean, it's anymore. We probably can't. a conversation for another time. But that is the worry, though. If studios start to think the only way they're going to make money at the cinema is to make films like No Way Home, which you know, great. I like seeing those films, <laughs> but I'd hate to lose other films as well. Or just, you know, make them available at home. But again, that's another conversation. We've got so many more stories to get through. Like uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Now, look, we, we already spoke about previously, you know, like the delays. That's all happening. But at least we've still got a bit of news to sort of keep us, keep us going, keep us on our toes. Um, so these two films, 7 and 8. Uh, will reportedly be the culmination of the series and a send-off for Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt. And I'll refer back to that 
very useful title. This could be like the Mission Impossible Endgame. Or Infinity War. Endgame. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this, this is a franchise. I mean, yes, you know, talking about the films and not the, the TV series, this franchise has been going since 1996. For them to then be shooting seven and eight back to back and have that be the end of the Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt films, that is a very good run. And these movies have been getting bigger and bigger, mm. and I love them. I love these films. But I think eight films, that's good, isn't it? He's been in all of them, up in the ante with every film. So I'm, I think that is a, a good amount of movies, a series of films, because there has been a through line. And, yeah, eight films. I think I think it's 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 good. Like this is a unique franchise where, you know, each film, uh, not one hundred percent in this direction, but like each film, generally, if you look at the graph, like it's they they improve in quality. It's pretty it's pretty mental. Um, and like you said, like the the stunts, the practical stunt work and special effects and things like that, like like they they're up in the ante each time. Like they're they're doing something more ballsy like aren't they going to space like real gravity defying actually building a set in space is that this movie is that that's mission impossible isn't it i don't know no tom is cruise that... is shooting a movie in space but that's after... not mission impossible no <sighs> after these films oh, that's heartbreaking but anyway I mean, I, i'm pretty sure they, they, they might as well all go they can't all go to space Fast look, and Furious went to space. <laughs> they can't all go there. We got sideline there. We got sideline there. But look, take take the most recent Bond film as an example. Like we had a, a, a you know a turbulent but still a pretty great run for Daniel Craig, and we got to have that finale, that send off with that character, with that interpretation, with that actor. I think it. I think it feels good to know that we're going to get that with Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt. Um, instead of the series just sort of fizzling away and kind of disappearing, oh, yeah, you know, like they keep making them and suddenly they do lose that enthusiasm, they do lose, lose that magic. Unless we can get a finale, oh, I, and yeah. the finale can be big and grand and emotional and epic all round and, and stakes. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. There was something special about knowing he was watching Daniel Craig's last Bond film. It was a really good experience. And if they're going to do a send-off, like obviously not end it the same way, but just knowing that these films are going to be it. Enjoy them while you've got them. Yeah. And again, eight, such a good number. And for it to be a Tom Cruise series of films the whole way through. Yeah, unlike that Bourne franchise, but we won't go there. Oh, I mean, <laughs> what was that? Like, Jeremy Renner popped up for one film, and then Matt Damon came back. Yeah. Very confusing, Very, uh, but it's all good. Have they finished that? I haven't seen the, the most recent Bourne film. Did Jason they? Bourne. Yeah, have they wrapped that <laughs> Just up? Just called or? Jason Bourne. Yeah, they, have they wrapped oh, up? I've, I've seen it. I can't really remember, but you know what? That first one, the Bourne Identity, such a good film. Excellent. So good. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Rebel Moon. Ray Fisher will reteam with Zack Snyder for Snyder's sci-fi epic. The Netflix film also adds Charlie Hunnam, Demon Honsu, Beiduna, alongside Sophia Boutella. 
this <laughs> sure. sounds really interesting. I mean, what I did read is what this essentially what this film is now started off as Zack Snyder's. I don't, I can't, I don't know if you pitched it, but this was going to be or supposed to be a Zack Snyder Star Wars film, <laughs> and it was going to okay. be like samurais in space but with lightsabers and this film apparently it's what would have been his star wars i mean that i'm intrigued sounds like star i wars, am intrigued. just saying i mean i mean it's like Zack snyder's sci-fi epic death star but instead it's a rebel moon i mean there's rebels for god's sake <laughs> it does sound like it's going to be Snyder's like Star Wars, yeah. but yeah, I um, I want to watch that. Charlie Hunnam, good value. Um, there's still speculation that this is in some way connected to Army of the Dead. That we know that would be my fear. That would be, I'd say that would be my hope, but that's not true actually. I mean, if it ends up being connected, fine. But I'd like to see another original thing from him, like we got with Army of the Dead. We're going to get a sequel. We've had the prequel, Army of Thieves. But if this is its own thing, if this is like watching this film and it's like, if Lucasfilm just let Snyder just go, this is what his Star Wars could have been. And again, Netflix, watch it at home. <laughs> so look, the red flag is obviously the Netflix thing. But okay, you know Zack Snyder for me. I'm in a weird place with him. You know, like, like his Justice League. It's like that really worked for me. I was just like, ah, oh, there's some magic here. But then, like, Army of the Dead came out, and I was just like, this the movie that did not work for me. So uh, I don't know. And that was Netflix as well. I don't know. I, I I'm hesitant, but I can't say no to a good sci-fi especially with Snyder helming it and then if it disappoints me it disappoints me but I'm hopeful good cast it's a good cast I mean that is the big difference between the two of us I really enjoyed Army of the mm. Dead and a lot of people did apparently so that's fine yeah yeah I mean <laughs> you're definitely in the minority I think but um but yeah Rebel Moon whether it's original connected I'm very, I'm very interested. But again, just we're just watching it through the prism of this could have been his Star Wars. Do you remember that Jason Statham movie with the big shark? Of course. The Meg. Well, yep. Meg 2, <laughs> The Trench is a is the official title for Jason Statham's Meg sequel. Um, it, it's it's happening, like it's officially happening, currently filming in London. They are making this movie. I'm kind of which excited. Is a, which is a, a, a weird... I mean, is London doubling for somewhere else? Are they recording at film studios? I don't know, because can you imagine a Megalodon in the River Thames? I don't know what they're going to be doing, like, if it's actually I mean, based... That's, that's what I want now. No, I mean, probably, like, you know, navigating COVID... They are film studios in London. I'm sure they're just they're doing studio based things. I mean, there. Star Wars shot in London. I mean, of course, they've got Ealing Studios, all all of that. But I mean, yes, the, the title is um, is a good 
is a good reveal. But it's really interesting that the director they've got, it's Ben Wheatley, who does small dramas, action, thrillers. He does nothing on the scale of what we've got with that first Meg film. So I don't know if they're going to like scale it back. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're familiar with films like High Rise, Sightseers, Free Fire, that had Army Hammer in it, so he typically does smaller films. Like if you look at his back catalogue, Meg 2 is so far removed from anything else that he's done previously. It's very interesting that he's decided to make this movie. But uh, Statham's back. I did enjoy that first film. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be watching yeah. this one. It was a big, dumb, fun movie that knew, knew exactly what it wanted to be, and it, it was that delivered. And yeah, I couldn't have asked for anything different from it, and I wouldn't have expected anything different. It was great. So I'm all for a second one. I'm glad Good stuff. A scream sequel has officially been greenlit by Paramount and Spyglass. Production is. Slated to begin with the sixth entry in the franchise this year and the directors of Scream 5 or Scream are coming back. Same creative team. On one hand, I'm kind of surprised, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, this Scream 5 or, or Scream um, has been done yeah, surprisingly well. I think we, we both, if I can say, we both liked it. We had a good oh, time. Oh, I liked it a lot. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's good. I, I think just like when we were talking about Scream 5, the, the the question I just always need to ask, I'm just like, okay, well, what's the what's the gimmick this time? What's the, you know, what's the joke? <laughs> what, are they, what, kind of, what kind of movies are they, are they satiring in the sixth Scream? And um, I'm, I'm starting to run out, like, <laughs> unless... Unless the sixth one is going to be like shared universes, cinematic universes or something. I don't know. Crossovers. Mm. Mm. It's part of the fun though, isn't it? Part of the fun. Like it's a slasher who done it. But then as you say, each movie has a thing. Like the meta, the meta side of it. Um, but yeah, sure. I'm all for yeah. it. Honestly, I know, I know people that are just scoffing at the idea of a fifth one. Like the new one that's out now is like, how can it be any good? And I'm like, it really is. Yeah. Like you, you need I don't to, know either just, what it is. I mean, on one hand, I'm like saying you need to get over the fact that it's Scream 5, but then the marketing tells you it's not Scream 5, it's Scream. So maybe that's what they're trying to actually do. Just so people are, oh, no, Scream 5. I can't see this being any good. Yeah, But people sense. shouldn't be dismissive because they've made a really good film. So hopefully, same creative team, they continue the trend with number six. Well, that's it for movie news. Now on to TV news. All right. Legends of Tomorrow's Season 7 finale cast Scrubs actor Donald Faison as a mystery character that sounds an awful lot like Booster Gold. Oh, bring it on. Bring <laughs> it on. I hope this is who he is playing. I mean, either way, Donald Faison is going to be in the Arrowverse. That's something to get excited about. But yeah, his character absolutely does sound like Booster Gold. I ask you, have we had a live-action Booster Gold? We have in Smallville. Okay, that's the only time, though, eh? Like not in the Arrowverse. Yeah, at all. yeah, 
No, 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 no. This is going to be the first time for the Arrowverse. Very surprised. Smallville... Like he's, he's a character that's always talked about. Just yeah, yeah. I mean, Smallville did a lot of live action firsts for DC mm. costumed characters. Um, but yeah, this will be the second live action appearance if that's who Phazon is playing. And honestly, I really hope that he does. I'm just looking over my shoulder and on my wall, I have a Booster Gold comic signed by artist Kevin Maguire. He's a goofball of a character, often a bit of an asshole, but he's such a fun character. I really hope that's who we're getting on the show. Tonally, he'd really fit with the rest of the legends. And it's all about time travel. So it seems like a good fit. Yeah. Well, it is happening. I've got some news about the Netflix Marvel TV shows, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and the rest of the Netflix Marvel TV shows will no longer be available on the streaming service from the beginning of March. They are all disappearing. No confirmation where they're going to pop up. The guess would be Disney Plus, Star, wherever they want to put them, but they will no longer be available on Netflix. That's it. Now, this has been a long time. We've talked about this for not sure how long, but essentially, you know, when we found out all the all those Netflix shows were being cancelled, um, and then it was like, okay, when's the expiry of the licenses for these characters and these shows? Um, and yeah, you know, it's it's approaching. We're finally getting there it's happening and it is a bit of a mystery where they're all going to end up but i'm assuming the rights and all of that do revert back to to disney i guess it's just interesting isn't it because the i mean this this it feels now like old netflix like this is netflix from like years and years ago I remember mm. when the first daredevil season first came out it was groundbreaking it was this big thing but it was boldly a Netflix original show. It was theirs, and all these Marvel shows have been. So you've got to think that they put a lot of money into those shows over the years. So it's got to be like Disney have got to have bought them back or bought them, and that's why the assumption is that it's going to be available on Disney+. Plus. I mean, most things are now. I'm thinking... What is still elsewhere? The animated series Spectacular Spider-Man. That's not on Disney Plus. That's available on Netflix. But pretty soon, surely, Disney is going to have everything Marvel. Yeah, it's this one just is confusing, and for the reasons that you just listed, they're like Netflix would like you know put up the like they were involved in the actual production and and, and all of that all of these shows. But I guess there was still an ownership with marvel because obviously it still is a marvel property so it's very confusing and i'd love to find out the details of where everything sits and you know like once a license does expire what happens to that property and it, I don't know, it could be like the, the properties just go into limbo or something i don't know it's confusing. Oh, i can't see that happening that i can't see that happening i mean charlie cox he's been very vocal about the meetings that he's had with kevin feige and he's saying things like, you know, for the next decade, he wants to be playing Daredevil. Daredevil the Daredevil show, like, and the rest of them, they're not just going to get left in limbo. They're going to go somewhere. And nowhere else makes sense other than Disney+. Plus. No, that's right. Yeah, they, they all 
they want it all in-house. It's theirs. It's theirs. I just don't know the logistics behind how it all nah, comes me neither. I mean, We'll just wait for it to pop up somewhere and it probably will so, be plus. There's so many articles about this, but no answers. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> everybody's got an article about it. Maybe even two, but nobody has got answers. Just have to wait and see. We will. We will. Um, still on Marvel, I guess, and Disney Plus as well. Um, Anthony Ramos has joined the cast of Disney Plus's upcoming Ironheart series, starring Dominic Thorne. So uh, Ramos will reportedly play a role similar to Jonathan Majors in Loki that will not only be key to the series, but future Marvel projects. So... I guess we will keep an eye on Anthony Ramos and uh, take a look and see where his character, how he, when we do find out what the character is, how he'll play a larger, larger role. Any speculations, or is that just dangerous territory? I mean, I honestly, at this at this moment in time, I really, I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've read a couple of issues. I mean, I've read a, I've read a couple of issues of Ironhearts. I don't know her supporting cast too well. Is it going to be an established character from the comics or someone new for the show? So it's it's hard to speculate. But I mean, is an actor? What did he do? He, he did a musical, didn't he? Was it like In the Heights or something? Um, he was In the Heights, yeah. And he's got a Transformers film coming out. I think is it the Beast Wars one? It's uh, been Rise delayed, of the Beasts or whatever it's called. There you go. There you go. So he's you know. He's doing stuff, and then now he's going to pop up as a recurring character in a in a Marvel Disney Plus show. So yeah, no, cool. Yeah. And I, yeah, like you said, like he could be anyone. He could be the new Professor X. Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could be. Yeah, but I, I don't think so. But yeah, he could. <laughs> it could be. Um, oh, this is big news, actually. The official release date for Obi Wan Kenobi is May twenty fifth on Disney Plus. So much speculation was the 4th of May, which is known as May the 4th be with you, Star Wars Day. And I found it very interesting that if it was going to be the 4th of May, on the 5th of May, the new Star Trek series, Strange New Worlds premieres. So I thought that was a bit cheeky of Star Trek. Waiting until the day after Star Wars Day. But anyway. What's important? Star Wars Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really gone for it. What's important for the date May twenty fifth? Back in nineteen seventy seven, that was when the first Star Wars movie first came out, where we were first introduced to Obi Wan Kenobi, and now forty five years later, the TV show comes out on that day. That is pretty cool. That's, that's cute. Very cute. Oh, good. At least we we have a concrete date. Still a ways off, but um, you know this one. I am. I'm excited for this one. I do like. It's not. It's not too far though, really. It's, it's May. Oh, it's going to be March, it's, and then yeah. before you know it, in an instant. Um, but more on the the Star Wars universe. Ray Stevenson is entering the Star Wars galaxy. Um, he's set to join Rosario Dawson, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Hayden Christensen and more in Ahsoka. Um, it is unclear who Stevenson will play, but sources say he is a villain in the series and will play an admiral, although not Thrawn. So, yeah, so he's the fan favorite character. People were hoping that he would be playing is a is a blue guy, blue guy in a white admiral <laughs> uniform. 
but uh, not Definitely him, not Professor a X. different admiral. <laughs> no, but hey, 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 Ray Stevenson, we could get him as the Punisher. Ooh, <laughs> back from Warzone. Hey, wasn't Who he also, knows what he was Marvel also are doing? Thor, wasn't he? As one of the that's right, Volstag. Volstag, one of the one of the Warriors Three. Ah, oh, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try and move away from Marvel. <laughs> Star um, Wars. Oh. Catherine Zeta-Jones will have a prominent role on the National Treasure TV series. So there you go. Nothing to do with Nick Cage. This is a whole new thing. And she's not the main character, but will, again, have a prominent role. Am I right in saying Catherine Zeta-Jones is still a pretty big name? It's a long name, yeah. Yeah, no, she is. Yeah, she is. She is. Like, so, again, like, it's, it's like these TV shows, it's like they just they just get that credibility when it's like, hey, we've pulled a name, a long name, like Catherine Zeta-Jones. It, it's... <laughs> the, the landscape has been changed for a long time now. It's like, you know, if this was like 20 years ago, and you'd be like, Catherine's then again she started in tv darling buds are made but do you know what i mean it was very it's different like, oh, going back to I tv think. yeah it's so different now whereas now it's like it's not just oh she's doing a tv show it's like oh she's gonna do a show for disney plus that more than likely a lot of people are gonna watch yeah but i think like we're still programmed like to think of oh, a tv show lower budget you know, not as big and grand as as a feature film would be, but it's like these streaming shows. You know, again, like they're, they're they're big, and I think I'm still trying to process all of that and remind myself of that. So that's just a reminder. Catherine Cedar Jones. Oh yeah, this is probably going to be a pretty epic show. Yeah, and I'll um, I'll check it out. I mean, I was hoping they were going to continue the Nick Cage films, but you know, I'll um, yeah, I will be checking the show out. This is different, though. A new live-action Goosebumps series is in the works at Disney+. Plus. Goosebumps. Now, there's two things you know, I want to address here, yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you know what it is. But the first, well, well, I was just, I was just going to say, like a quick peek behind the curtain. Normally, I'd just save news up for talking about it on the show. Yet, as soon as I came across this news, I shared it with you immediately. We've already, I don't know, we've already something, something about it. But look, the, the, the first thing, obviously, getting more goosebumps, getting a new live action thing. It's been, it, it, it's been a, a few minutes. It's been not since the TV. It would have been the nineties, yeah, like that that nineties TV show. Then we had yeah, the live midnight. action movies with like Jack Black playing R.L. Stein. We had two of those. Um, I mean, I'm interested in this. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Oh no, I I am definitely and then and yeah the um so the, the first TV show came out in '95, ran for five years, seventy four episodes, and then as you say we've got those Jack Black movies, and now I believe it's a ten part series, and, and, and is back this on the small be screen like like an anthology show, much like the original show, or like did I re- I think I I'd read hope somewhere so. that it might be more serial. And also, oh, no. like there will be different things like the movies, you know, the movies had multiple things sort of going on, but you're following the same. Group yeah, of people, but that, but I've, you know, what? I've got back and revisited them and, you know, the first one still holds up the second one, not so much. Yeah. Like and that the fun for what they, yeah. yeah, the fun for what they are 
you know, Jack Black is R.L. Stein. You know, the stories were real and all of that. that. That's fine. But I want to get back to Goosebumps, where is just like the series of books, it is just standalone chapters or standalone, like you say, an anthology series. I'm hoping mm. that's what it is. I don't want like a 10 episode arc. Like, give me an anthology. I'm hoping that's what they're going to do. Yeah, and then you can have some episodes end pretty grim, you know, like, oh, <laughs> that didn't work out well. <laughs> you know, someone gets trapped somewhere for eternity. Or and what's essential or... is I want an opening, I want a dog, a porch, glowing eyes. Oh, yes. Just give me some of that 95 like, nostalgia. Or like an update. And the music. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the music the same music. So They've got to use the same music. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My, okay. oh, hopefully. My one question, and this is just me sort of looking into the production, just like just asking questions that maybe shouldn't be asked. But, you know, those those Goosebump movies were Sony films. Um, I, I looked into sort of like who's holding the rights at the moment to, to Goosebumps and all of that. I see no connection to, to Disney as such. The only connection I could find um, was that the original show aired on, on Fox back in the 90s but fox had no sort of production yeah that's where i watched it so i'm I'm just looking at being like why is this on disney plus is disney plus getting third party ip now or has disney gotten the rights you know i watched futurama i enjoyed futurama but i didn't love it and go out of my way to watch it but i liked it when i watched it but still you gotta have bender back if you're going to go to the effort of bringing back the original creators, most of the voice cast, you've got to bring back DiMaggio as well. I mean, if you're going to that much effort, you've got to go all the way. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like, and he's a, he's a big name. Um, other Bender's obviously a big character. I mean, look, it's a voice that you can probably replicate with someone else. But you'd know like you'd know the audience would know and we'd feel weird about it um i'm like either i wasn't i enjoy futurama but i think i i really liked the first maybe like four seasons and then i think like when they did like those movies and split them up it kind of changed a little bit and i'll be honest i haven't watched like the the newer seasons that came out after those movies i've, I've seen none of those episodes or maybe like the odd one here or there if they're on tv but never sat down and watched the whole thing so whatever it is like seasons six and seven or or something i don't know the seasons are sort of broken up differently on america and like through america and then disney plus and stuff i don't know it's very confusing um but look i'm i'm all for it um like i like futurama enough (laughs) to to go watch it and i guess it's an excuse to go back and watch those i guess i say older newer seasons that makes sense yeah, I mean, it's definitely got me more interested and want to go back and just fill in the gaps. But um, yeah, John DiMaggio. Hopefully, they get that they get that sorted out. Reacher, quick news here, but Reacher will be back with season two. That announcement came three days after it premiered on Prime. Whole seasons out, or just like the first? Yep, yep, all. Yep. No, all eight episodes got released on the Friday. And again, a few days later, 
he got picked up for a second season. Tales of the Walking Dead high-profile members of the cast, including Terry Crews, Parker Posey, Gillian Bell, Anthony Edwards, and Poppy Lou. I mean, you know, I I stopped years ago watching The Walking Dead, but I like the sound of that cast. It's an anthology. I don't know if it's enough for me to watch it. I mean, what about you? I mean, are you watching all the shows or just the main one? Now, look, I I want to watch all. Like, okay, the wife and I were watching the main show. We we stopped watching the the that first spin off Fear the Walking Dead. I think we got like two and a half seasons in, and then we stopped. Um, and then that World Beyond one, which I think is only running for two seasons. I think we've only done like three episodes of. I want to watch them all but it's sort of like do i watch them without the wife she doesn't seem interested in them maybe i will i don't know i'll get around to them look the worst the worst walking dead episodes are the ones that are about that are almost like isolated episodes that almost feel like an anthology thing which is weird because i'm all for just one-off little quick anthology type stories hey we're just talking about goosebumps and how that would benefit from that kind of style Maybe that would work for this, but I, I just feel like, I don't know, how much more Walking Dead do we need? Like, how many more variations of similar type stories can we see without it feeling the same? Like, it'll just we've be... not even got to the Rick Grimes trilogy of films they're making, yeah. whenever that's going to happen. I don't even know. That's still, that's still happening. But it's like, I, I just feel like any time the main show pauses and goes, hey, we're going to focus on this one character and this isolated story. It's sort of just like, oh, just get back to the, the story that you're currently in. Like there's bigger things going on. No one cares. So I feel like even though this is a separate show to be introduced to say, Hey, okay. Even though it'd be fun to see Terry Crews, you know, going up against some like walkers and stuff like that. It's, it, oh, that really would actually, that really would be It'd be like, okay, we're going to meet this character, get to know him within the span of one episode have him sort of deal with the same thing that every other character is dealing with, then that's done. And that's like, I don't uh, know. Really, it, it, yeah. I mean, how excited can anyone be about Walking Dead when there's so much? I mean, I, again, I'm clearly not the audience yeah. as I stopped years ago. It, you know, it's not like, like take the Marvel shows in, you know, I mean, I guess you know how I feel about those, but it's like at least each time it's something different. With this, it's like, okay, it's a zombie show. The zombies are all the same in each show. Characters, you know, the world is pretty much going through the same thing. Yeah, there's a few differences, like well beyond, you know, the, there's a bit more of a larger functioning community. But I don't know. It's just like I can't be bothered. It'll just be like Terry Crews has, has to hide out in some abandoned cabin for weeks or a month, and I can just see each episode playing out. Oh yeah, like just... yep. I mean, yeah. I, I I was I was a little a little bit intrigued. You've put me off. So there we go. <laughs> so that's season for everyone. Tales of the Walking Dead, and that is it for TV news. And now on to the recommend section. All right. Okay. Um, I think we have finally found the filthiest thing on Disney Plus. Um, and that's Disney Plus in Australia here anyway, so obviously it's probably Hulu or, or whatnot in other places. But I'm talking about Pam and Tommy. 
the biographical drama miniseries, which chronicles the marriage between actress Pamela Anderson and Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, played by Lily James and Sebastian Stam. Um, the sex tape. It's all about the sex tape, about how it was made public, all of that. Not sure if you've checked it out yet. There's only four episodes out so far, but the first three episodes were released um, in one hit. And I think that was the best choice. These first three episodes, like, never mind, like, Seth Rogen's in this as well as the guy who steals the tape and gets it out there. But you've got these three actors portraying these roles, especially the two big ones. They are what they're doing and like the prosthetics and just the make all the, the filmmaking magic, uh, very impressive, but just the engaging story of it. And I know it's like, it is sort of like lewd, sort of trashy, I guess, gossipy cut television, but I don't know. It's, it's a really compelling drama at the same time, but the first three episodes, it works really well. You've got the first episode that sort of, just paints Tommy Lee as like the scummiest of, of people. Um, and, you know, like Seth Rogen's character is, is sort of uh, just like mistreated so badly that you're just like, yeah, steal that sex tape, get that out there. And then the second episode, it's a flashback episode that sort of shows Pam and Tommy meeting and getting together, paints him in a different light. And you're just like, you get to the end of the episode and you're like, oh man, I hope that sex tape doesn't get out. Those poor people, <laughs> like they're so lovely. They're wonderful. Yeah. I, I completely understand why she fell in love with Tommy Lee, even though he's, you know, not the brightest, not the most intelligent person or, you know, the nicest, kindest, but there's something about us. Like, I get it. You understand. And then the third episode is all about the sex tape getting out. And, you know, and I'm just like, wow, like what a, what a trio of episodes. It's amazing, and I'm looking forward to see how it how it all wraps up. But so far, so good. This is event television for me. I'm, I'm counting down the days until the next episode, which is oh, Wednesdays. So, yeah. Have you have you started this one or checked it out? Interested at uh, all? The first episode. Oh, absolutely interested. I've really been looking forward to the show. Like from those first images we saw of Lily James and Sebastian Stan looks so much like the real life people. And yeah, I've been really looking forward to watching it, but it just came out at a time where the wife and I just had a backlog of so many shows to watch and finally watched the first episode it was the same night I watched Reacher, actually. So we did one of each. And, yeah, I want to get back on with it, watch it again, uh, continue two, three, four, and however many episodes are in this series. But, yeah, it is it is fantastic. It is so well done. Like, it, it really is. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear that it continues on that trend of being a really good show. But, yeah, I was really looking forward to it. And that one episode, it just really delivered. And we've got very little Pamela Anderson in that one. So I'm looking forward to getting more of her. Yeah. I mean, what oh, a, yeah, like that, what that a great episode, show. And what a dive into, into her. Like, you get so much of Lily James. And it's just amazing that it's like oh, watching really? Lily James, but I just, I just don't see her. I, it's mental. Outside of this show, she looks nothing like Pamela Anderson in the show, the mannerisms, all of it. It's like she's nailing it. Yeah. And it's great. And as you said, on Disney Plus, 
Yes, it's available on Star, but you access Star through Disney Plus. So there yeah. you go. For us, it, for us, it's the same thing. I know obviously it's Hulu in the US, but for us, it's yeah, it is one thing. But I can't remember if it's episode two or three, and there's just there's one moment, and when you get to it, you'll know it, and you'll just be like, "Holy shit!" I am watching Disney Plus, and I'm also witnessing this on screen. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you will see. I it. think I know what it is, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm going to continue. <laughs> I'm going to continue with it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Tom and Tommy, yeah, great recommend. I'm going to recommend something that isn't on Disney Plus, and you may not have heard of it. Right? It's a sitcom that is very big in the UK. Here in Australia, we've got access to series one. And there's three series altogether. I'm talking about Staff Let's Flats. Have you heard of that show? I can't say I have. Is it Staffless Flats? Staff, which is the name of the main character, Let's Flats. So he's a letting agent. Flats, like apartments, but in the UK, they're flats. So the show is Staff Let's Flats. In the unstable world of London's property market, Staff tries to prove himself as the perfect heir to his father's flat-letting business, despite his undesirable personality and incompetence. (laughs) This show at times is cringeworthy, but it is so, so good. Playing Staff, you've got Jamie Dumitrio. He, He is great. He's in that new Apple TV Plus show, The After Party. I'm not sure if you started that yet, but he's one of the people at the party playing his sister, which I didn't realise until doing prep for this, has the same surname, is Nadia from What We Do in the Shadows. And she is excellent, and she's in this show. And, oh, it is just, it's really good. It's that classic British sitcom so far there's been three series airs on channel four in the uk and it's it's a funny show it's a really funny show but a lot of the time staff is doing things badly or doing the wrong thing and then hijinks it's yeah it's a really (laughs) good put together half hour sitcom yeah staff let's there you go and then hijinks (laughs) cool <laughs> and then hijinks yeah there you go honestly it is it is great and yeah after we're finished i'll i'll send you a link to the trailer so right. it's a lot of Sounds fun that's good well as always we like to close out on a little bit of trivia and i've got to be honest i was going through all the talking points and then i came across something that i've never heard before and i hope it's true and it's Star Wars A New Hope related. In early drafts of the script, R2-D2 could speak standard English, and he had a rather foul vocabulary. Although all of R2-D2's English speech was removed, many of C-3PO's reactions to it were left in. I, that's kind of cool. I mean, I mean, I guess. There's... I mean, I mean. Again, this is pure IMDb. So whether it's true or not, I don't know. But I, um, I read it and thought, I hope that's true. Let's assume it is, and then it's like that means the the responses that, obviously, uh, what's his name, Daniels, 
Uh, the C-3PO. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Daniels. Daniels yeah. yeah, like his responses are genuine. Then, if he's listening yeah, to, yeah. to this guy <laughs> in R2D to just like mouth off. So instead well, of that, bleeps it's and filthy, boops, it's actually beep. It's beeping. It's sensor beeps. Oh, there you go. Yeah, ah. that's what it is. But um, but yeah, but just I nothing came across but that, I, thought, <laughs> I really like that. Just filthy language. <laughs> I like it. Just very, very space balls. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah, space balls before space balls. Yeah. Well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that films you podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind in Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Blacklight and stay tuned for our upcoming reviews of Moonfall and Home Team. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film stew. See you soon. Bye.